You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! And welcoming to the podcast today is Chris Wickersham, one part of the We Are Entertained podcast. Now, uh, you might have heard us talk to them a few other times, and you know Richard uh, is a part or sometimes a part of that podcast, but uh, today I have Chris with me, and I, I'm glad that I could finally get to talk to you. Yeah, it's great, Mitch. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> now, um, being on the We Are Intercast Entertained podcast, was that the the first podcast you had done? Um, no, I. Um, it's the first one that I've done seriously, I guess. Um, uh, Matt, Matt's the uh, one of the co-hosts or the the owner or the whatever whatever you the podfather uh, <laughs> of the of, <laughs> of the organization. Um, he and I tried a couple times actually, and uh, he's released. I think for our Patreon listeners, he's released little bits of. Uh, some of our podcasts that we we started recording that never went anywhere. Um, I I had guest uh, been a guest host or commentator on a couple other Geek Dad podcasts. Um, I write for Geek Dad and uh, we are entertained part of the Geek Dad podcast network. So um, there's a couple other shows on there that I had been a guest host on or a, a part of an interview. Uh, but we are entertained is my first serious foray and. Uh, I guess it stuck. So we've been doing it for this is our fifth year. So yeah, feels like five. a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a podcast a week for five years could make it seem a lot longer. Um, so yeah, yeah. So with uh, 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 this, the, the we are entertained podcast. It's a movie podcast, and being a regular um, listener that I am, it, it sounded like before this you didn't really watch all that many movies. No, I wasn't uh, much of a movie uh, guy. Um, I got involved, obviously, Matt and their longtime friends, which I think is one of the reasons uh, the podcast is as successful as it is. I think so. Um, you know, we've, we've met each other since we were in uh, kindergarten. Um, but I, I kind of came on to help Matt and Richard, who uh, were in film school, and they started their movie studio, um, uh, Dragonfly, and uh, I came on board to kind of help with my IT stuff. I'm an IT guy, um, and there were, you know, some initially they had some questions about websites and storage, you know, the, all the stuff that comes along with with film production, uh, or at least so I came to learn. Um, and uh, you know, you can only hear guys like Matt and Richard talk about movies for so long before <laughs> you're like, well, geez, I guess I need to start watching some more movies. Um, and I, I found out it was something I really loved. I've always been a big reader. I mean, I read, I, I probably read three books a week, just, you know, novel type books. And uh, I never really made the connection between movies or the cinema and you know, uh, literature. And, and once I really kind of got into it, I realized, you know, there's a lot of connections, a lot of parallels there. And so I, yeah, I've really developed a deep appreciation for it. So uh, of the, of the movies that you've watched so far, I mean, how, how would they compare to, I mean, cause you guys talk about how you, you know, watched movies back in the day. How would they compare to movies that you watched back in the day? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're so old, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I think I'm right there with you. So, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, um, when I was younger, most of the kind of movies that I watched, it was like Mel Brooks stuff and, uh, you know, Steve Martin movies, that kind of thing. It was never, uh, you know, it was all the all the stuff that wound up on TBS in the afternoons. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't do a lot of watch movies in the theater. Um, you know, Lion King, Star Wars, all the big, big blockbusters. But I didn't go see a lot of, you know, like gritty drama in the theater, which wasn't my... It wasn't my thing, so uh, I find nowadays, um, 
you know, I, I could really give or take a lot of those kind of movies, but it's when I find something, um, you know, that's really unexpectedly deep that, uh, it, it moves me, I guess, in a way that, that I never used to be moved by movies. And so I look forward to that nowadays. Um, I feel bad because in our podcast, sometimes, you know, I'm like, yeah, it was another The Rock movie. I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> uh, and so I think that's that's the next part of my journey is learning how to, you know, I Roger Ebert is kind of my hero uh, when I think about how no matter – you know, no matter what genre of movie it was, you know, he could sit down and tell you whether it was good or not. And uh, that's that's what I'm really working on myself is trying to get to that point. OK, well, well speaking of genre, then, like, uh, have you found? Well, I, I remember uh, you were a big fan of the Tom Cruise American Made movie, and it's kind of more of a, a biopic kind of, kind of movie. So is that the genre you see? Yep. You feel that you uh uh, lean towards now is, is being uh, biopics or do you have a favorite genre in general? Yeah, I think, I think historical, historical broadly, but I really do love, um, you know, what do you call it? Like uh, not, not documentary, but docudrama kind of stuff like made where it's a, you know, fictionalization of uh, some historical event. I, you know, this is geek elite media. So, it's no secret that I'm on here and I'm a geek. Uh, <laughs> why else would we be friends, right? Uh, or, or hopefully friends. Um, I love things that I can, uh, when I get done watching a movie, I can spend, you know, three hours that night reading about. So like after American Made, I was like, what? Are you serious? Is this really, did this happen? So you, know, you get on Wikipedia as a starter and you wind up on some, you know, University of Michigan historical site, you know, 18 links deep reading about the CIA in the 1970s or something that, that really, you know, <laughs> I love geeking out about, about the history behind stuff. So yeah, that's definitely fictionalized, fictionalized, you know, documentaries are probably my favorite genre right now. So do you, have you come across one that has diverted wildly from the actual historical events? Um, yeah, you know, I think I think one that we talked about recently that uh, that was most surprising to me was uh, what was it called? I, I think it I think it was just called Tolkien, right? It was it was mm -hmm. a a, 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 novel, a movie about Tolkien's early life, and uh, and I watched it and it just shocked me. You know, it was astounding. Uh, and then when I went some of the you know the background, I was like, oh well. Yeah, it was astounding. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of just made a lot of it up whole cloth, but it was still good. And that's that's one of the things that's it's an acquired taste, right? Like, uh, like, like something that is interesting, and then them just taking taking the run with it. And I think that's fun. It's a good good way to do movies. I think it's fun. So, uh, being a part of the Geek Dad community, um, uh -huh. what is it that you usually write about? Um, so uh, we, we do, we have a mix. I mean, my most prolific posts are just our podcasts, you know, cause we do one a week. Um, uh, in the geek dad, uh, community, uh, we do a lot of reviews. Uh, so, so I write a lot of, um, smart home product reviews. Um, you know, we don't, we try not to focus on like, you know, numbers and, and features, but we, uh, we get these things sent to us to review and, um, you know, we let the guys at CNET or whatever, you know, tell you how many decibels, whatever it is, or, you know, how many square square miles of Wi-Fi it can cover. But, you know, we try to focus on uh, you're, you're a parent and you've got kids or, you know, you've got a limited budget. Is this, is this a good thing to have in your house or not? Um, and so I think the most surprising thing about this that is most things aren't <laughs> you get sent we get, you know I, i'll see something and i'll i'll be like hey i'd like to get a you know a, 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 a one of these to view um and i get it and i'm like oh god what a what a piece of trash <laughs> and we don't write negative reviews it's you know if if you if you look at geek dad website it's really just a list of hey these are some cool things that we you know we liked um, and then if we don't like things or we you know we, we decide not to review them we usually send a message back and say hey you know 
Uh, we're not going to write a review about this. And here's here are my thoughts on it. And, uh, you know, if, if you get a new version and you think it's better, you know, please think about us again. But um, that's hard to sell sometimes because in this culture, um, you know, a lot of people just they're like, hey, I'll give you a free headset write a good review about it right and a lot of people feel really obligated to write a good review and uh um we you know i think we geek dad itself has been around long enough and it's a big enough site that uh um we we are we are uh empowered to say no thanks i don't think that was a very good product so uh, a lot of product reviews um i do a lot of book review kind of posts there's a monthly uh, review column that goes out and I try to add a couple books every month that I've read that uh, I think other people would like um, once you start reviewing books you get a lot of books to read <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was one of my biggest surprises I actually when I moved uh, recently uh, about a year and I moved to a new house and I kind of decided to back off on book reviews because I was getting to the point where I was getting like at least one book in the mail every day wow. read, and that's just untenable <laughs> <laughs> nobody can do that so is it mostly like yeah. uh fiction um like sci-fi genre stuff or are we talking what, what kind of books are we talking i mostly focus on young adult uh sci-fi fantasy kind of things i do a lot of audible book reviews um okay. so i'm always out on on like reddit subreddits uh you know, a lot of narrators and authors will post, you know, say, hey, I've, uh, here's a book we just finished. Uh, we'd love to give away some free review codes. And so they're very, uh, people are very generous about sending out paper copies of books. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, sending out uh, um, audible, you know, audiobook versions, it's harder to get. And that's, I read most of my books. You can argue about that if you want. Um, but that's how I read my books too. <laughs> I read most of my books. Yeah, uh, on Audible, uh, you know, or audiobook versions. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm always looking for those. And it tends to be those kind of things. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's really, again, it's kind of like, man, this book is coming out in September, and it was surprisingly good. I, there's there's a lot of books. You might miss this. You should check it out. And so we do, um, it's like, you know, a, a paragraph or two about the book and then if if a book is really fantastic sometimes we'll we'll do a spotlight on it uh, i don't do as many of those because just to be honest a lot of fantastic books <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well i think it's <laughs> just to throw all the cards out there <laughs> it's pretty awesome that you you know when you're doing reviews and you don't do negative reviews like it's probably a refreshing thing and and I, I imagine some people are like it's okay if you do a, a negative review too as long as the you know their name is getting out there but you know not uh just sticking to yeah. the positive is is probably is, is real refreshing it, i think it is too i think it's part of our mission we don't want we don't want people to pile on you know and uh and and we try to you know we try to share we try to hear things that we love. And so um, I, I think Matt and I try to do that too uh, on the podcast. It's unfortunate sometimes we're taken by surprise and uh, don't like something. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, bummer. I don't want to just sit here for an hour and bash on some movie. But because I know, I know no one wants to really hear that. Uh, well, something inevitable. I don't know. With the, the way that the internet is, people love to just be confrontational. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, like, uh, let's see, you did Hobbs and Shaw a few weeks back, and, and you both did not like that movie at all. Uh, I particularly loved that movie. That but... is true. Yeah. <laughs> did you really? Oh, I did. Well, I did. I see, we should have had you on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean... So when you when you come across movies that are both or that you both don't seem to enjoy, do you find that easier or harder to talk about for an hour? Because I mean, I, obviously, if you if one of you enjoys it and the other one doesn't, you at least have something to talk about. And then if you both enjoy it, you're you both want to talk about it. So if you don't have yeah. anything to like, you both don't have anything good yeah, to say. Then yeah, yeah, and I, I'd say probably um, you know we don't edit the. We don't edit much out mm -hmm. of the podcast, but I, probably 
happy when we both dislike something. There's a lot more edited out <laughs> than otherwise. Because, uh, you know, again, it's it's hard to just dump a bunch of neg out there. Um, I, it's almost harder, though, when we both like a movie because we have to try to hold back from being fanboys. Mm. Uh, they're both they're both difficult but when we both dislike a movie i i i would guess that if you uh that if you did a, a our last segment or our i don't know what you call it, the 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 second half of the show is probably shorter when we both dislike a movie because we're just like yeah i don't think this is very good um, <laughs> if you're a listener please tell us why you liked it uh, moving on <laughs> uh, and that, that Hobbs and Shaw was one that was weird too because um a lot of so Matt and I make a point not to talk about what we thought before we get together right and so i had no idea um and of course you know if you're a fan of the podcast you know matt absolutely loves the rock so i was expecting to walk in there you know i have my boxing gloves on <laughs> and i was like come on matt bring it you try to convince me why this is a great movie and he's like oh i didn't like it and i was like shit i didn't have anything excuse me i forgot to ask you yeah about you can the curse language. all you want yeah um, okay okay um you know, and he was like, I didn't like it at all. I was like, oh, that was unexpected. I don't really know what to say now. <laughs> Everything I had prepared was an argument for you. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, I thought that too. Uh, um, but, you know, the, the the dirty little secret of our podcast, I think, is that, um, uh, you know, the movie of the week. And, and as a listener, you know, I, I hope you'll, you know, tell me whether or not you feel this. But uh, I, I think I think the second half of the show is an excuse to do the show. Uh, and I think that we enjoy the first half more. Um, we like sharing something we found, you know, and trying to trying to juice the other guy up on it. And and our our uh, our list. Um, I the the second half of the show uh, for me is um, used to be a great learning ex- opportunity. Uh, now that I uh, f- you know felt like I'm uh, learning less and I'm giving my thoughts out there more. Um, it, it's much it's harder it's a lot harder to do and so um it's not as enjoyable because the first half of the show just feels like having fun and talking about you know what we did last week um and the second half is like homework <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a job <laughs> yeah i mean i get that um and and, and i would say yeah. that it doesn't come through that way as a listener like it, it does i mean i i get the idea of oh that's good I get the idea of um, you you enjoying the first half more um, because yeah that that's totally getting with your friend and being like hey I just, I found this you know you should totally check it out but uh, you you both have good insight on it when it comes to the mo- to the movie part so that's uh, that's also enjoyable as a listener. Oh, that's, thank you. It's really nice to hear. I know. Uh, I think we got our first really. Negative review on iTunes, and Matt was crushed. Oh, really? That's <laughs> and, and, and it was hard to hear because, you know, the one thing we try to be conscious of, and, uh, you know, diversity is important to me, and we, we try to be conscious of the fact that we're 40-something-year-old white guys that grew up in the South on an island. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's probably not terribly surprising when we feel the same way about something. And, you know, something like... Uh, what was the movie? Uh, the the movie? It was the Netflix original, um, and it was about a young uh, Latina, and we didn't like it. And um, and we got a comment basically that was, "You guys need to stick to your wheelhouse because, you know, you are old men. Please don't talk to me about a movie about young Latinas." And I was like, eh, "Fair point. <laughs> I, I get it." But you know, the thing is, is that. I mean, I, I get what that reviewer is saying, or that that you know the person that gave you that review on iTunes. But when the studio was making that movie, they were hoping for a four quadrant movie. They were hoping that everybody would enjoy it. So, yeah, they are making it just for you as yeah, much for right. you as it is for anybody else. So, you, I mean, you're going to give your opinion. Whether or not that person has to take your opinion yep. is not is up to them, not to you. So, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I and I and I, I appreciate you saying that. I I know one of the things we we've been talking about and we really want was, you know, uh, like there's a couple times where we've done a kid's movie and I've tried to get my kids take on it. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a couple movies we've done where we've asked Matt's wife, my wife to kind of pipe in and give us their thoughts. And so I, I, I would just love, we've got that third seat. Um, 
Richard, you know, now that he's a, a, a real adult, um, <laughs> <laughs> has a career and everything he's pursuing, he's there in that third seat less often. And I know one of the things we'd love to do is get more people, you know, in there that kind of have because um, Richard was our diversity. He was like the 30-something-year-old white guy that grew up in a small town, right? <laughs> <laughs> so diverse. <laughs> yeah, so so diverse. Uh, but we, you know, we'd love to we'd love to get other folks to drop in, especially when it's, you know, when it is something that's kind of out of our wheelhouse. So we we expect that we're not going to both love it, uh, or, or or you know that we're going to have a hard time talking about it. I guess. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, if you're a listener to Mitch. Just pass, reach out to us. We'd love to pipe you in. So, speaking of uh, wheelhouses, then um, I assume it's it uh, wasn't too it wasn't in- too intimidating because Matt's your best friend. But when you came in yeah. as a person who didn't watch a lot of movies and didn't didn't have a lot of quote unquote knowledge in that field, and then Matt, who was in film school and has dedicated most of his life to film. Like, how did you feel as a yeah. as an amateur novice, whatever you want to call it? Oh man, it was it was intimidating. I mean, Matt's an intimidating guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny when I I was lucky because Richard was there, uh, and I was kind of joining the two of them as a third wheel, and I felt like in the beginning my role was to say, "Hey, what does it mean for people who don't mm-hmm. go to film school?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that was educational for me, but I uh, I feel like we don't do enough of that anymore. You know, a lot of a lot of our expectation is that yeah, these listeners have been with us on a five year journey too, so they've heard Matt or Richard explain, you know, what like you just talked about a you know a four quadrant movie. Like I I, <laughs> what does that mean, Mitch? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was like my job for the first year, right? <laughs> uh, uh, and I, uh, and so that helped get me into it. And, uh, you know, now that I've learned a little bit more about the industry and I've, you know, helped on some projects, uh, I feel a little more comfortable, um, being an equal kind of contributor. And, um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I realized one of the things that I bring to the table, um, is, is that I really, uh, like I studied, um, philosophy and, uh, you know, classic literature, like Greek and Roman literature in college and it was always something I was really into and so uh, I, I I like to try to bring sort of the softer side of, of film into it where you know Matt and Richard anytime they speak about film I feel like I'm hearing you know from someone that has been behind a camera and, and sat at an editing station and anything they say you know it makes it's like a authoritative to me and i i feel like what i can really add is you know hey like let's i wonder what you think about the human side of this you know the emotional side or something like that so i hope that i hope it feels like that that's what i try for um well also so once i kind of fell into that oh oh sorry i was just gonna say also it kind of you bring in the the everyday guy you know they're the, the, the regular audience member you know because i personally haven't gone to film school either but like you do want to have oh, okay. you want <laughs> you want that person to be you know the listener who's probably hasn't gone to film school to be like oh yeah i mean right. i i only get to go see you know one movie every month or every two months instead of how us as podcasters go and see a movie every yeah. week or so to speak so uh, yeah, it's yeah. good to have that yeah, that perspective in in the in the podcast as well. That's cool. That's nice to hear. This has been great for my ego. This whole show. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can help in any way, I'm glad I did. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know, it's we struggle along. We we do what we can. Um, it feels nice. We, it, it feels like it's been a lot of work, and it finally feels like we're starting to. You know, it's, I don't know, I'm sure you've experienced this, but that first time you get a message from someone you don't know, and you're like, oh my God, there's people listening to this show that I don't know? Like, it's not just my mom and my sister <laughs> and my dad, you know? Uh, and we've started, we've reached a point now where we are legitimately like, okay, I guess we're just talking to the world, and this is scary. Uh, so <laughs> having my best friend sit next to me definitely helps, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's it when it, when you realize it's it's it is outside of your circle. It's 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 a lot more 
okay, maybe I do need to watch what I say, <laughs> especially when yeah, it's personal exactly. information, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yep. Uh, I mean, so I mean, speaking of personal information, uh, you you often Uh-oh. talk about your kids in, in the podcast, yep. and 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 the fact that you you moved to a new place, which is a bigger home for everybody and stuff like that. How how does how does uh, all the movies that you watch affect the kids? Like, I mean, sometimes you talk about you, you take the kids with you. Sometimes you say you don't take the kids with you. Yeah, um, yeah. We, so yeah, my personal life is uh, is more complicated probably than most people's, uh, if only because I have six kids uh, and one is like less than a year old, um, and we live on a farm. Um, so. My 14-year-old daughter uh, goes to the high school right by our house, and so she lives with us. Six, she's here all week. The rest of my kids spend most of the week at their mom's house, um, and so we do have like uh, we have. If it's a movie, you know, a, a lot of times I'll go on a Tuesday afternoon or a Tuesday night late, um, and my 14-year-old is here, and so like. It's the point now where I'm kind. Of, she goes, "What movie are you watching this week?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to watch Hobbs and Shaw." And she's like, "Oh, God, I want to go with you so bad." Um, <laughs> or uh, you know, but a lot of times she's like, "Oh, that sounds dumb," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's probably going to be dumb." <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, we uh, uh, like like a movie that that Chloe in particular, my 14 year old, is dying to see. Uh, sometimes I pick her up from school and we go after school or on a, you know, I let her go late to school on Friday morning, like I did for Endgame. Um, you know, something that's an event like that. She she loves movies, um, and uh, she has weirdly insightful uh, thoughts about movies. And so, uh, even if she's not on the show all the time, I tend to grill her about movies. So I love taking her to movies in particular. Uh, um, Otherwise, it's pretty much just like the kids know I go, you know, to movies on Tuesdays and talk to Uncle Matt on Wednesdays, and you know, I go do this on Thursday. You know, it's just another another thing on our calendar. Um, routine. We have a busy, pretty busy calendar, uh, <laughs> actually. Uh, we have like calendars. <laughs> one that's got like me and my wife and my ex-wife. Uh, one that's got me and my wife and my mom. You know, it's like. Uh, you, you want to make sure you don't put your, uh, you know, your embarrassing doctor visits on the wrong calendar, that kind of situation. <laughs> so it's a lot to keep track of. Uh, and then I, and then I work full time, you know, and I work remotely and I work odd hours. Like I have to work tonight. Um, it's, I, I don't know if you're, it's a secret when you record these, but um, no, it's, it's the weekend, but <laughs> I have to work overnight uh, today. So, hey, so do uh, I. The kids are pretty chill about it. And my wife's, pretty relaxed (laughs) (laughs) uh so about the whole thing also with uh you said or you said a second ago was that you were you studied a lot of uh ancient roman and ancient greek lore story history stuff like that how often when you're watching these movies does do you realize do you recognize some of the the older tales that you've already read being refashioned or you know, uh, redone into a modern movie that most people probably wouldn't pick up on. Well, not as often as I wish I would. Oh. Um, but when I do, it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> it, val- it validates a lot of that. Uh, I think I miss probably more than I see. Um, and I think I'm getting better at it because I'm watching things more closely. Uh, I think that's a skill to, um, uh, picking out, you know, uh, those connections is hard. Uh, mm-hmm. It really is, and um, it's really fun when you see it. Uh, and uh, I get excited to talk to Matt about it when I do because um, it, I feel like it just adds a whole new dimension to our conversation. Um, I, I I was pretty heavily focused on Greek and Roman history because it, it was a foreign language department is where I I uh, I spent time in college. And so, um, kind of being a geek, I, when I was in college, I, uh, I was a physics and math major and I did my minor in, uh, the classics. So I read, I did Greek and Roman language stuff, uh, which is all very like kind of mathematical and it kind of weirdly fits in. Um, 
I'm the only one that did that, which feels weird now that I'm an adult <laughs> thinking back. Um, so at the time, I was way more focused on the nitty gritty like details of structure and things like that, and to uh, thematics and you know uh, the the kind of emotional parts of the story and the um, storytelling aspect of it. Uh, so I'm reading a lot of stuff in English because uh, I've lost almost all of my foreign language skills at this point. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm starting to see more things again. So that's kind of fun. You know, it's fun rereading things and it's fun. Uh, it's fun seeing a new take on an old thing. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I did. I wish I got more of that out of it. And uh, I wish, you know, it was something that I could talk about more. It, it's hard for me to talk about sometimes because I, <laughs> I'm not as good at uh, saying what I'm thinking as I feel like I should be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you seem to be doing just fine. So, Patreon, how has that been working out for you? Uh oh, yes. Oh man, let me tell you, Patreon is. Um, I never understood how this podcasting could ever be more than it was for more than a couple people. You know, there's there's big names, and you you get how they can do it. Um, and it's, you know, I'm sure you know, it's it's very hard for a long time. You feel like you're just talking to nobody for no reason. <laughs> um, and then once you start getting some some comments from people and the appreciation for what you're doing, you know, then it starts to feel like, uh, you know, you're, you're doing a good thing, you know, for a good reason. But, you know, Patreon, I feel like, is has changed all of this for so many people because – you know, it's not really expensive to do a podcast, but there's there's a you know it's it's on your budget. You know, I mean, seeing a movie every week, even if you're uh, e even if you're a Stubbs member or God forbid Movie Pass uh, <laughs> subscriber, you know, the fixed cost for that, and there's a there's a fixed cost for hosting and like our uh, audio uh, input board, whatever you call it, our mixer. Uh, stopped working earlier this year and you know you got to go tell your your wife like like hey <laughs> you know that podcast thing that takes me away from you and costs money every month uh part of our one of our hardware things broke and so we need to buy a new one it's like ah um and so it, it really it's one of those things where like you know in the real world people say ah my vote doesn't matter who am i i'm just one person but man if you have you don't have to have very many people give you a dollar a month or, uh, you know, a couple dollars a month before you start to feel like uh, it's worth doing this, you know, and, and not just worth um, worth it, you know, spiritually or whatever, but like, hey, we're, we're creating something and people appreciate it and they're, it, mean, it, it means a lot. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of touching that someone's like, yeah, I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> um, you guys... <laughs> you're you're my drive to work or whatever people do. I don't right. I don't know what other people how other people listen to podcasts, but like it's it's great when you finally like there's a couple I'm sure and it's ever done a podcast, you know, has like, man, if we could just pay for the hosting or oh if we could just pay for our movie tickets for a month, you know. Um and so we decided to focus on it. You know, we kind of just had it around in the background for a long time. And Matt and I had a conversation where like, Hey, listen, let's, let's really, let's try to do this. Let's try to create some content. You know, we have all these, I mean, when Matt and I sit around and talk, you could have hours of outtakes and it's, I think pretty funny stuff. Usually a lot of it's him making fun of me, which I mean, who doesn't <laughs> want to hear that? Um, yeah, it's been really successful for us in terms of being able to, you know, pay for hosting. So that's kind of a burden that's gone off of this, and um, and you know, taking a little a little bite out of the movie tickets. So we'd like to, we'd always like to have more, but you know, to be honest with you, if we had if we had a dollar a month coming in from Patreon, I'd feel like uh, you know, it changed the whole feel of it. All of a sudden, it feels like. Uh, I don't say take it more seriously, but it feels like you you owe a little more, maybe people because they're they're really coming uh, out of their comfort zone a lot of times, and um, yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. I'll just say that that means a lot to Matt. Um, not just financially, but. 
to feel like kind of to feel accepted like you're doing something that people appreciate no matter how little it is it's easy to say yeah it's cool that you guys do that but to say yeah it's so cool that you guys do that that i want to help you keep doing it is uh, uh unbelievable it's really hard to believe yeah no i i totally get that um so in in the the five or almost five years that you've been doing it like have you real have you noticed that you come at movies differently now oh man yeah i um well well number one if you're a listener a regular listener you know that i have come across i i've come over to the watching movies alone side um of the of the force and uh, going to movies used to be a very communal like thing i did with my friends and uh now i i I, I would never say I don't like going to see movies with my friends or my wife or my kids, but <laughs> it makes it a different experience. You know, I uh, Matt would probably shoot me if he knew this, but sometimes I take notes in the movie. Um, <laughs> like, wow, I really, I don't want to forget that I felt this when I watched it. And so I'll, uh, I watch, there's a lot, a lot of movies I watch where there's nobody else in the theater. <laughs> uh, that's one of the nice things about working at home and having a job with weird hours is you can, can go see a movie at nine o'clock in the morning and it's uh you're usually alone so uh you know in one sense it kind of takes some of the the fun out of what's always been a hang out with your buddies kind of thing but in the other sense um you know I, I i approach it now a lot more like reading a book i think where i i really wanting to get something out of the movie itself and not just the experience of going to the movie so okay talked about movies talked about the podcast now what is it that you like you love to geek out about now from the little bits that i've picked up from the podcast you uh like matt are from florida um uh-huh. you you guys had a lot of experience with uh uh i want to say rocket launches and and watching those <laughs> yeah. as kids yeah. uh your father if i understand like was a engineer on nasa projects yeah, I'm on the Apollo program, yeah. Okay. Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, yeah. So you had you have a lot of uh, a lot of backup, so to speak, <laughs> for the geek the geek uh, lifestyle. What what is it? What is it that you love to, to geek out about? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I come by naturally. Um, I, I am people jokingly refer to me as an obsessive of hobbies, and I I can't deny that. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have somewhat of an obsessive personality in some ways. Um, stuff that's persisted though, my whole life has been. Uh, I've always loved dabbling with electronics. Um, when I was in middle school, um, I got a spot in my dad's garage on a workbench, and I used to fool around and wire stuff together, and you know, try to make crazy things. Um, when I went to college, I majored in physics, and so I got to work in a physics lab, uh, building electronics for experiments and things like that. Um, repairing old radios was all, was a hobby of mine for a really long time. I, I like to collect vintage electronics. Um, I was I was joking with my wife last night. She asked how many record players we had in our room, and I said, "Well, guess." <laughs> she, she got it right. She said three. I was surprised because uh, you can only recognize one of them as a record player. But I like old vintage radio console mm. you know, things like that, and so we have a bunch of them around our house uh, in various states of repair and disrepair. Um, so electronics, fooling around with old analog electronics is is really fun. Um, I enjoy. Uh, oh my god! It, I we could do a whole episode on things I geek out about. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I the biggest the thing that I'm I'm most into is just learning new stuff. Uh, I I I love going to uh, to antique market kind of places or. or uh, um, swap meets, flea markets, whatever you call them, wherever you're from. And like nothing delights me more than just seeing something that I have no idea what the hell it is. Uh, it like my, my brain just goes into overdrive. Like what the hell is this thing? And so I have to find out what it is. Uh, and so that usually somehow weirdly leads to a new hobby because why wouldn't you want to learn everything there is to know and have five of those things that you didn't even know existed a week ago. Um, (laughs) 
lately, <laughs> I uh, I've been collecting pinball machines. Uh, that's kind of the old analog electronics thing. So we have like a game room uh, out back by our by our pool. <laughs> it feels very bougie to say that. <laughs> we have like a garage in our backyard that's next to our pool, and uh, we turned it into a game room, kind of for the kids. And so right now it's full of like vintage pinball machines and arcade machines and stuff like that that I've collected. Um, um, and then we live on a farm. So, um, uh, there's a lot of really neat ways that I have learned in the last four or five years to geek out on a farm that I never expected. You know, like you said, I grew up around, uh, engineers in the space program and majored in physics math. And so, you know, that's, everybody knows about that kind of geeking out, but um, when you meet, start to meet farm people, uh, you, know, you know, ranchers and farmers and people that are into the rodeo and all that kind of stuff, uh, it's amazing. The It's all the same. You find the same people, I guess, is what, what was most surprising to me. Like, walk up to a guy who's got on a, a belt buckle and a cowboy hat and boots, and he can talk as long about, uh, you know, <clears throat> different techniques for roping or you know, the different characteristics of the goats that he shows as Matt can talk about Funko Pops and G.I. Joe. Like, it's the same personality. You know what I mean? It's right. just like, uh, and so kind of crossing over into that, what, what happened is my oldest daughter uh, fell in love with the idea of having goats, and she joined FFA, and, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, my dad supported all the weird things I wanted to do, and so... I decided to support her and it turns out um, I love it. And so we kind of moved and bought a house on some property and started a ranch and we raise goats and sheep now on our ranch. And uh, um, it's unbelievable the amount of stuff there is to learn. Technology, uh, you know, just knowledge that most people don't even think about, you know, in terms of breeding and feeding and you know protein ratios and feed and how to make sure you know you, you nutrients and all those things it's there's a lot of science in it and it's 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 been a really cool thing to geek out about um and to try to find ways to uh, uh kind of carry my other my other side you know my technology you know electronics computer geek stuff into the farm uh, you know, part it, it's given me some, some ideas about the future, things I can do, you know, in the future. And, and our hope is to not to wax poetic, but, you know, we hope to really be able to retire at some point from you know, soul crushing it work in corporate yeah. America and, <laughs> and kind of just have a farm or a ranch that, that we can, you know, supplement our income and, uh, enjoy life. So that's, it's, it's been, it's been a fun transition kind of, getting into that kind of stuff. A lot of unexpected twists and turns, that's for sure. I'll tell you, I never thought I would be learning how to uh, inject vaccines or draw blood samples or have to deal with, you know, not to be too brutal, but like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a gun person, but like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes on a farm, you need things that you don't need when you live in the suburbs. And yep. so like, when animals are injured and need to be put down, it's that's a whole part of life that uh, is new to me. So I really enjoyed it, but it's it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. So um, yeah, it's a different lifestyle. So then, uh, with the the being new to sheep and goat herding, and and having your two worlds collide, have you have you integrated uh, smart home technology into the old school world of of farming yeah uh, in some ways i have i mean um one of the biggest questions that everybody had when i first got involved in the community was man i uh how do i you know how how can i get a camera out in my barn just just simple things like that like man i wish i had a camera in my barn so i could watch check on the animals without trudging out to the you know the back of the property and um and a, a lot of people had this, you know, the same problem of like, yeah, I've got a Wi-Fi camera, but my Wi-Fi doesn't reach out there. Well, I spent some time as a, 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 a commercial Wi-Fi installer. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, uh, I've helped a lot of people, um, 
come up with solutions to make sure they can get coverage and, uh, you know, talk to them about running fiber to a switch in their barn. You know, it's stuff that you would never expect to see in a barn in rural Arizona. Um, but yeah, the more, the more technology progresses, the more I think they're going to collide and being able to, to look at like, um, you know, just having lights come on and off automatically, um, being able to have pumps and things like that off on a schedule, uh, be able to check on the animals without having to go outside to get alerts from things, you know, that are coming into our yard uh, has been really cool. It's been neat to be able to take stuff from that side of my life and apply it and, um, you know, irrigation, that kind of thing. It's, uh, there's, it's interesting because there's a lot of, I mean, irrigating property is a very manual, hands-on kind of thing. Um, but there is a lot of things you can, you know, kind of tack on around it to make it easier uh, with some of the technology we've got. So I'm always on the lookout for stuff. I think it would be really cool to um, wind up, like the Wi-Fi thing for cameras, it would be really neat to, to just come up with some niche like that where, um, you know, people would be like, like there's, there's people I've met, they're like, oh, you need this, you know, you need to... Um, <laughs> you need to butcher your sheep? Well, Bob lives in Wickenburg and we get together and uh, pay for his mileage to come down here and he does all, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, Bob. I, I want to be the Bob, but for something. But for you know? technology or... Like, oh yeah, call call Chris. He knows how to, he can get a camera working in your barn, that kind of stuff. So I, I think that would be a really cool thing to transition to. And, um, you know, it's one of those... The older we get, the more we want to be self-sufficient. I think that's that's how I've always been. And uh, even though I've had a successful career in IT, um, I've always been a little jealous. Most of the people in my family are business owners, and so I've always kind of had a side hustle. I've, you know, tried to keep up, and I've never found anything that you know really took off that I could leave the corporate world and do that. And that's uh, this feels like finally somewhere where maybe I could, you know, I could I could do that, and it's exciting. That's, I mean, that would be pretty exciting. I, I can imagine there's lots of room for innovation in in the two worlds colliding like that. So that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, cool. w- so with your your uh, antique hunting and 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 scavenging <laughs> and stuff like that, what's what are some of the greatest finds that you've had? Oh man. Oh man, um, <laughs> this this is going to be really abstract. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we actually, one of the most th- things I'm most, I'm always most excited about things that I just did. Um, because if something's old, I don't care about it anymore. Like old to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, one of the things, uh, one of the things you find yourself needing is a scale because when you have to, uh, when you have to medicate an animal, you need to know its weight. That's how you determine, you know, and, uh, it turns out you really don't realize that when you have a 150 pound goat, like, if you need to weigh it, you look around your house and you're like, well, shit, I don't really, I don't know how to weigh a goat. <laughs> <laughs> so for a while I would literally, uh, get on a scale holding the goat and see how much we weighed together and then subtract my weight from it and just guess. Right. Um, but one day I was, one day I was on Craigslist and, uh, a guy down in, in like Tucson, but like Suarito, uh, so like almost to Nogales posted that he had this, uh, old uh, farm scale from the like the 50s or maybe even earlier. I can't remember the year on it, but I think it was early 50s. And it's like one of those ones you see, you know, in a black and white movie where it's got it's like a balanced scale, but it's it's huge. It's like you know the size of a of a of a lawn tractor, and it's got a big platform and it's got counterbalance weights and stuff. And uh, uh, I have been looking for something kind of like that, but. They either didn't work or they were missing all the weights for the counterbalance. And so, you know, it's going to be a ju- – and if it's something you need, you can't – I mean, it's cool to just have things, but uh, like his yard art or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you need a scale to work, you need all the pieces. And so this guy down on this this land down almost in Nogales, uh, he had this thing and he only wanted $60 for it. And like broken ones in Phoenix metro area are like $300 just for yard art. Right. Which thing I learned about. Apparently, people like having just broke things in their yard. When I grew up, that was how this, they called the city on you, and you had broke down things in your yard. But now it's very popular as yard art. So, you know, I called the guy and I said to my wife, you know, hey, what are you, what are you doing Thursday? <laughs> you go to Tucson. And I said 
Tucson, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, tell her it was like Nogales, Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got in the truck one afternoon, and her sister lives in Tucson, and we drove down there. And um, oh, it was sixty-five dollars the guy wanted. So I pulled my trick of only bringing sixty dollars with me because that's all you can get out of an ATM, right? Twenties. Right, and um, I said, oh, I've only got twenties. Uh, would you take sixty? It's already a steal. But I, you know, I, and I, I sometimes feel like a jerk, but what are you going to do? Because <laughs> I can take $60 for it. And so then we're like trying to load this thing into my truck and we're driving home and I was just like, wow, I can't believe I got this. This is so amazing. <laughs> uh, so that's been the thing I've been most excited about recently. Because I, I mean, it's like a $500 working scale and we got it for nothing. Uh, so that was fun. Um, a, lot of, a lot of things like that. I do a, I could do a video podcast of you just walking around my backyard and uh, you'd be astounded. <laughs> I mean, with or, all the or mortified <laughs> or horrified. <laughs> I was gonna say, with all the the pinball machines and and uh, arcade cabinets, I'm I'm sure you'd get a lot of hits on it. Yeah, I think I probably would. I mean, that, that might be a fun thing to do. Uh, might be a fun thing to do sometime. But then people would know about me, and I would be scared. <laughs> <laughs> They'd know about your life. <laughs> um, I think probably though, it's not an antique thing, but the biggest score I ever found was um. At a Goodwill, actually. You guys have Goodwill in Yuma, right? Yes. That's where you're at, Yuma? Yeah. yeah. Y- I mean, Yuma, I, I think they have them everywhere. <laughs> um, they have, like, the dollar day where everything a certain color tag is a dollar here in Phoenix. And uh, my wife is a teacher for the visually impaired, and so she knows Braille and, like, knows all about the technology associated with people who have visual impairments. And so... I was in Will, and they have the case where all the good stuff is. And I looked in this case, and there was a little USB thing, and it was a, a, a Braille display. So you plug it into your computer via USB, and when you uh, when you move the mouse over the screen, when you hit text, it Brailles the text. Oh, Just oh wow! Boom! It pops up the little uh, pens, and you can and you can read it in Braille. And these things, like Katie, Kate, uh, Katie uh, helps blind families find them and buy them and they're thousands of dollars. I mean, it's a very niche product, right? So they're super expensive. There's one in a Goodwill uh, cabinet and it was, it was listed at $299. And I was like, damn, that's a pretty good deal. Um, And I called Katie and I was like, Hey, should I get this? I mean, it's a lot of money, but like, you could probably sell it. Right. And she's like, yeah, that's a great deal. I should think about getting it. And I was like, Whoa, I think this is on the 50% off day. That's crazy. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't need one, but for fifty dollars, I'll buy it. Yeah, and I went up to the um, I went up to the counter, and I told him I wanted it. And we, I went to the register, and they rang it up, and it came down at a dollar. And I was like, "Whoa, a dollar!" <laughs> like, yeah, this it's got a purple tag or whatever. It's a uh, dollar day, and I was like, "Oh my." God, that seems crazy. Yeah. And then she's like, actually, it's 50 cents because it's 50% off. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Why did they just give it to you at that point? I was like, what? I'll just give you $10. Is that okay? Like, <laughs> and so so we, I bought this thing for 50 cents, and uh, and Katie's been trying to find a home for it. But it's, uh, I don't know that I'll ever beat that. It, that's, that's just absurd. It's like finding a running car at Goodwill for a dollar, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fifty cents. That's right. That's uh, that yeah, that's fun. that's pretty great. Okay, so what's what's the next movie you're going to be watching for your podcast? Oh, oh gosh, let me check the calendar. Um, <laughs> you caught me by surprise. Uh, the next movie we're looking at is going to be uh, Angel Has Fallen. Angel um, Has which Fallen. Actually, I, um, I don't know what that one is. <laughs> okay, so I, I was going <laughs> to ask you. That's you- a funny. That's a funny behind the scenes. Uh, um, funny beside, behind the scenes peek at uh, the podcast. Matt Matt just puts a movie name on the calendar and says we're talking about this movie. And oftentimes I've never heard of it. Uh, he, it's so funny how different we are. I I am almost oblivious to movie news. Right. And he listens to I don't know. He must listen to six hours of entertainment podcasts a day. Um, <laughs> And it looks like uh, it looks like it's a, a I don't know some kind of 
it's this. It's oh, the, Jada Pinkett Smith is in it, so it must be one of the. Oh, is this the one that's like? It's the um, the second sequel to Assassination. Olympus has fallen. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, Olympus okay, has fallen. Okay. London has fallen, and now Angel has fallen. So uh, Gerard Butler himself is is the one that's in trouble instead of the president. So. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> have you watched the other two? Yeah, I have seen them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't remember being a huge fan of them, but you know, I go in with an open mind. I try to at least. Uh, what? In- I see Roger Ebert gave it one out of four stars, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do try to not, to avoid reviews of movies before I go to see them because I feel like that's unfair. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So then, uh, yeah. with the with the segment at the beginning of the, of the podcast of of what's been entertaining you, and then also with the movies that you guys watched in the second half, what what has been the biggest surprise for you? What has been the biggest like? I didn't know I was going to like this. Sure, um, that's pretty easy for me because it happened recently. The the most surprising one was uh, uh, I I watched a Formula One racing uh, documentary docudrama, I guess. Uh, on Netflix and it was, you know, it was like 10 hours long or something like that. And I, it was one of those ones that my Amazon fire just popped up and I was like, I don't know what, why not? And I watched the first episode and I, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I, uh, I like cars and stuff like that, but I've never really been into racing. Um, I covered for geek dad, um, uh, they remodeled the NASCAR track in Phoenix, and uh, I got I got a tour of it and covered, um, you know, some of the technologically, you know, advanced stuff they put in, and tried to find an angle to talk to you know families about it. But um, so I was kind of I thought I was kind of open minded a little bit to to car racing and stuff like that. But uh, man, if you are a geek like. <laughs> Formula One will knock your socks off. Yeah, those are some hardcore geeks, and uh, I was enthralled. My wife found herself just sitting down watching it, um, and just we both were just like, "Wow, that's really interesting." I had no idea uh, how interesting it was, and so, like, I mean to tell you, Mitch, like, I, like I subs- like after that. I watched a couple other Formula One related movies, documentaries, and now I, I subscribe to the Formula One like TV package, and I watch the race. Like I'm going to watch the race later, the qualifying. <laughs> I'm totally into Formula One now. It's crazy. I never saw me. That's awesome. That, yeah. I mean, that's a great way. I mean, that's a great story into how you became part of something. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's all Matt's fault. <laughs> <laughs> It's all Matt's now fault. He has to listen to me. He has to listen to me talk about car racing stuff on the show now. So yeah. I, I don't. I think he regrets it. There you go. <laughs> it's his own fault. He got you into something. That's right. <laughs> uh, what is the best ways for uh, my listeners to get to listen to you or talk to you or or get a hold of you on the internet? Like your Twitter handle, your website. So I'm I'm a little obtuse. I'm at will five nine two. I, there's a long story behind that, but it's been my idea on the internet since the nineties. And so I'm loath to give it up, uh, at W I L L five nine two on Twitter and everything else. Uh, um, but at entertained cast, uh, is our Twitter handle for the show. And that's a great way to, to shoot us. You know, we absolutely would love even to have people yell at us and tell us we're idiots. And, you know, Hobbs and Shaw was the best movie ever. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, interactivity is the most important part of, this whole thing that we do, right? Um, we just want to get to know the people that are listening and have a conversation. So, um, personally, at Will592, I'd love to talk to you and uh, uh, entertained cast. Matt would be overjoyed if uh, people sent us either suggestions for, uh, you know, what we should watch. Uh, that's That's been one really fun thing. When people say, hey, you guys like this, you should totally check out whatever. And we watch it and we're like, man, that was... They were right. That was great. Um, <laughs> uh, man, what an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'd never do that. Uh, yeah, add entertained cast. Hit, hit us up and send us a message. And even if you just say, hey, uh, hey thanks you know, for being on Mitch's show. Uh, I have to say, Mitch, I really enjoyed it. I feel like I've talked nonstop for three hours. Uh, Matt usually tells me to be 
quiet, so I don't feel like I get to word vomit like this very often. I, it was it was a great it was a great story. I, I loved uh, hearing everything about you, so uh, I'm glad that cool. we got to do this. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I am at Mitchipedia GEM on on Twitter. It's uh, GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.